Lord. Somebody give him some praise this morning. He's worthy. Amen. How many happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? It's always good to be able to worship with God's people. Amen. Lord, we bless you and we welcome your presence in this place. In Psalms 91, the Bible says this. It says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Aren't you glad this morning? that you have one that you can put your trust in. Amen? I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I just need a place to run, a refuge, a secret place to run and hide, and I'm glad he's that place for me. So as we just continue this morning, I encourage you, let your heart connect with the Father this morning as we love on him. He's worthy of all our worship. Amen? Let's give him more hand clap of praise. Oh, I praise, I love, Lord, we bring it all to you. 
are victorious in you this morning, God. Lord, we declare you are victorious, Lord. My God is for me, who can stand against me, victorious. Let me declare last time I said, my God is for me, and who can stand against me, victorious. Well, God, we say thank you that we are victorious because of what you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, that we are more than overcomers. We are more than conquerors through your blood. We say thank you, Lord. You have made us victorious. We're going to have a prayer time in the middle of our service, and we're going to be bringing our prayer team down, and we will pray with you about anything. If you have health needs, if family needs, whatever you have need of, when two or more agree together in his name, he's there and he will hear our prayers. We believe for miracles during this time. But I felt like when I was praying for you all this weekend that there are those of you that didn't understand God's love for you, that you were struggling with some trust issues, that you didn't know if you could trust God because you felt like, he didn't really love you very much. You felt like you disappointed him or you felt like there was a separation between you and him. And today God wants you to know he loves you and he is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? The scripture he quickened to me that we read this week in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong, that you may have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you. And that's our prayer for you today. So we're calling our prayer team down to the front, and we would like to pray with you about anything you have need of as we continue to worship.
It's who I am. It's who I am. 
Somebody give him some praise in this place. Lord, you alone are worthy for all the glory and the honor. There's no one like our God. Amen. Well, why don't you turn around and greet two or three people this morning. Tell them how happy you are to see them. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Welcome to Church on a Rock. We're so glad you're here worshiping with us. In the back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you're a first-time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you. You can either drop it in the offering or you can take it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. We offer Saturday night meals and snacks between Sunday services. And don't forget, the coffee bar is always open. We're so glad you're here and we hope that you know there's always a place for you at Church on the Run. nothing more exciting than seeing a child on Christmas morning. Their excitement is contagious. You can see that spark of Christmas in their eyes. Unfortunately, 
so many people in our community won't have or get to see that spark. Here at Church on the Rock, we are doing everything we can to spread the joy and true message of Christmas, and you can be a part of it. We have seven different ministries you can get involved with to spread the love of Christ this Christmas. Angel Tree, providing Christmas presents for children in our church. Sidewalk Sunday School, bringing Christmas to over 100 children at Sunset and Smithkey Apartments. Coat Drive, providing coats for the homeless. Gifts for missionaries, sending gifts to missionaries in the mission field. Project Hope, providing Christmas for 15 families in need. Nursing Home, bringing Christmas presents to the elderly at Heritage Plaza. Prison Ministry, providing inmates with Bibles. And you can help people get the ultimate Christmas gift by picking up a Church on the Rock Christmas invite and inviting your friends and family to our Christmas services. Let's do everything we can to bring the joy of Christ this Christmas to our Texarkana community. Well, praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. How many think you'd look good in some of those green striped pajamas here? Let me see your hand this morning. (laughs) You know, Christmas is a very, very special time of the year. It's a time for... Others, sadness, remembering someone that's not here or perhaps looking at what you don't have. Well, I'll tell you one thing that helps make Christmas what it's supposed to be is not just my Christmas tree, but what I do for other people. I mean, oh, the scripture tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his son. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, the birth of Christ. I know it's in all of our hearts that you want to make a place to be able to help people that are in need in the Christmas season. What we find we have to do is we have to decide early on in Christmas kind of what our budget's going to be, and we set aside a part of that that we want to help needy people with. Uh, I find if I don't set it apart, it's just never there because there's always one more present to buy. And this little insert in the bulletin is just some ways that here in your local church that you can be involved. Uh, Certainly some people give to some of these opportunities, but I would encourage you to maybe be involved, to show up at one of the events. I promise you it will do some, uh, in some ways more for you than a weekend service that you're going and touching people in need with the love of God. It's important to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. And let me mention too, December is all upon us. We have a new Bible guide. It's in the back of your chair or you can download it on our app. And uh, we read a couple chapters of a day, a day, an Old and New Testament. And I cannot think of a better way to grow in your spiritual life to stay close to the Lord than daily Bible reading. And that's why we do that, to help you. I have done it. I've been a Christian ooh, since 1976. And I may miss a day every once in a while. By and large, I spend some time with God every day of my life. I'm deliberate. I read my Bible. I take some time to pray. And we want to be able to, to help you with it. Well, we're going to continue our worship this morning with our morning offering. Psalms 96 is where we're going to go. You want to kind of take a peek there. But I want to remind you about Wednesday nights. We just finished up our life groups uh, meeting in homes all over the city. They'll start back early in the new year. But in the month of December, we're going to have three Wednesday nights where we are coming together as adults in the sanctuary. This Wednesday will be a night of worship and what we call kind of a Holy Ghost night. It's a, it's a ministry of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, a lot of personal ministry. And that will be happening here this Wednesday night in our sanctuary at, uh, at, uh, when we start our service course with prayers at 630 and worship is at, is at 7. Psalm 96 is a passage that I find very dear to me. 
And if I could perhaps link it to Thanksgiving, there's a tradition that we've tried to adopt in Thanksgiving. Uh, as long as the turkey's still hot and everything's ready to go and we got a little time, we want to go around the circle and express what we're thankful for. Now, we'll do that on somebody's birthday or other times. We'll just pause to say, you know, here's what I'm thankful for. Well, it really dawned on me this Thanksgiving. It hit me in a profound way is who am I thanking? Now, here's what I mean by that. How many know there's a lot of people that have nothing to do with God, but they're grateful that they've got a car, they're grateful for their home, they're grateful for their job and their vacation, all these things. But how many know our gratitude for every good thing is life is directed to the Lord? Come on. Because it's in Him, the Scripture says, we live and move and have our being. And we recognize and acknowledge Him as the source of all good things. And similarly, our giving is a connection in our worship and acknowledgement of God. Psalm 96, it says uh, in verse 7, it says, Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord or ascribe to Him glory and strength. And uh, give to the Lord the glory that's due His name. And notice what it says. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And in our giving this morning, it is indeed an act of worship. It is a recognition, just as when I say I'm grateful that God's given me a beautiful home, but I say that God has given me a beautiful home. And when I bring my tithe to the Lord, it's a way of saying God has put this, this, this whatever I have in my hands, and I return to the Lord His portion or, or whatever it may be. But I just bless you as you give today, and I pray that uh, you keep Jesus in the center of things in this holy day season. And we're going to have one more song before uh, we worship. The ushers are going to begin to wait on us. But I want to go ahead and introduce our guest this morning. We've had a tradition now in the holiday season for about 20 years is we adopt a, a, a well, they're more than a missionary, but Larry and Mary Lou Myers have been our friends for personally for over 25 years. Uh, they're kind of a spiritual father in our church, but God uh, touched their heart when they were about 40 years of age, and uh, she's young. He married a young woman. He's bumping 80, but uh, touched their hearts about 35, 40 years ago and called him to the nation of Mexico. He didn't have a big support base. He didn't know anybody, didn't even know the language. Just kind of showed up and obeyed God. And what, what inspires me and why I bring him year after year is certainly to honor him for what he's done, but also to inspire you. Because here's a guy that just said yes to the Lord. And now decades later in life, he's literally seen hundreds of churches built throughout the nation of Mexico, hospitals, orphanages, uh, you know, Bible colleges, uh, gone to some of the most unreached people in the southern part of Mexico, and the gospel flourishes there now. And that inspires me. And I hope it inspires you because here's a guy that has given his life, literally, and made a difference. I, I've never heard him tell a lie. I know he's not a perfect guy, but he's always kept his word. He's been married 59 years, and he serves the Lord with passion. And this morning, I heard him with tears in my eyes saying, Would you just pray that God will let my body be strong because I see the need so great in the world. And I'll tell you, that's a life well lived, and I hope he's going to motivate you as much as he has me in these last two services. But let's stand to our feet. We've got one more worship song, and uh, then Brother Larry Myers will be with us.
such a stand up not even dry behind the ears yet you're ready to sit down but I love you <laughs> you may be seated God is so wonderful such a beautiful congregation if only you knew how much I loved you if only you knew how much God loves you. But you say you know how much God loves you. But I love you also tremendously. I love you, pastors. Which one is the greatest? I don't think God could tell you the difference. Both are fantastic servants of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's your pastors. That's your pastors. Thank you for 20 plus years. I told him this morning, you were an anchor when my ship was being blown all over the pond. In the early, early days, you were the stabilizing one of the stabilizing forces in my life. When I had nowhere to turn, Bible says that Jeremiah had everyone stood against him. Everyone. I felt like Jeremiah from time to time, alone. But always there was Church on a Rock, Texarkana. For 20 plus years, 
25 years. Thank you, Linnell. Thank you, John. Now, I know the Board of Regents has um, a lot of power in this church. And I know that gossip has a lot of power. In fact, the pastor one day was seeing the little groups get together and they would get stuff started. And so he told a story about a cat that died. And they buried the cat, every part of the cat but his tail. He left his tail sticking up. And in his church, every once in a while, a little group would get together. Somebody would reach over, pull that old cat up by the tail. And every time, the stench was that much worse, that much worse. And so the pastor said one day, it's time to bury the cat and all. Now I want to tell you another little story. Last night, they fired Les Miles, coach of the LSU Tigers. Board of Regents, I'm talking about, fired him. Greatest coach that LSU has ever had. 111 victories in 11 years. Great coach for LSU. But they fired him because they couldn't win against Alabama. If I ever hear of you even thinking about firing this coach and this coach... I'm going to be exactly like the people of Louisiana. Les Miles beat Texas A&M and did not know he was fired. At the end of the game, the men put him on their shoulders and the entire stadium just let it roar. The governor of Louisiana called in and supported him. And guess what? They hired him back. They hired him back. Board of Regents hired him back. So his firing was about that long. You, you get the, the, the gist of what I'm saying to you? All of us, Texacana, Church on the Rock, wherever... We will rise up and scream you down. Some of the greatest pastors I've ever known is your pastors right here. And like the boy said, that's all I got to say about that. This morning... Somewhere around 5 o'clock, I was wrestling in my bed. I have a sermon. It's a good sermon. It's a pretty sermon. 
But God said, that's not what I want you to preach. I was troubled all morning long, searching for the will of God, praying in the Spirit. Let me go a little bit further back before your time, praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, lead me. Father, show me what your people need. And I sat in the office of your great pastor, and of all things, he spoke about a, one little simple part that really solidified my spirit. I thought, God, I will obey. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah. Chapter 1. Do we even know the condition of the world that we live in today? Some of you are world travelers, and you can see across the whole world a deteriorating world. But some of you who may not be world travelers, you should be able to see a deteriorating world that we call the United States of America. Let me read Isaiah chapter 1. This is God speaking through Isaiah to his people in Judah and Jerusalem. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, which he saw during the reign of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. This is what I wrestled with this morning before you even got out of your bed. That the Lord speak, speak to us, God. We need to hear your voice, God. We can't do it by ourselves. I talked to your pastor this morning, and, and he's, re he's recovering. And I'm praying for not only, not only his health, I'm praying for a total restoration. But I said to him, Pastor John, maybe the Lord has allowed this, a little bit of this, because you can't carry this load by yourself. You can't. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You cannot, you cannot meet the needs of all of these people. You might meet the needs of a few of them, but you cannot carry this body of believers. But there is one who walks with you who can carry the needs of every individual in here. So relax. Relax and be restored. And know that God is going to be your strength and your help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he goes on and he says, Hear, O heaven, listen, O heaven, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have reared and brought up, but they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner. 
and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel, Israel, the United States of America is fast becoming one who does not know, is what the word says. My people do not understand. These are God's people. I'm speaking to God's people. There are those who who do not understand and cannot, so involved in their own lives, they cannot see the perishing of the whole picture. Alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, offspringing of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. Where are we compared to where we were a hundred years ago? We are abandoning our Lord. We have abandoned our Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from him. Where will you be stricken again? And you continue in your rebellion. The whole head is sick. And the head of our nation is in Washington, D.C. And the whole nation the whole head, the senators, the congressmen, the representatives. They're, they're, I haven't seen one stand up and proclaim God and turn our people back towards heaven. We're sick. The whole heart is faint. For the, from the sole of the foot even to the head, there is nothing sound in it. Only bruises, whelps, and raw wounds, not pressed out uh, or bandaged nor softened with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your fields, surgeons, are devouring them in your presence. Strangers are devouring them in your presence. It is desolation and overthrown by strangers. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a watchman's hut, in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. Un, listen to this. Unless there is a chance. There always there is a chance with God. Always. Unless the Lord of hosts had left us a few survivors. Thank God for the survivors. We would be like Sodom and Gomorrah, COTR in Texacana is a survivor. And because of your surviving, there is still hope for a nation that's heading in the wrong direction. Go over to chapter 6. Verse 1, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord. Thank God. Thank God in the midst of, of trouble, God still lives. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Yes, 
There is still a God. He still has a throne. He is still the ultimate word in all of the world. Always had been, is today, and always will be. He's God, God Almighty. Lofty and exalted with a train, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two they covered their, his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy. Can you say it with me? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole world, including Texarkana, is filled with his glory, and the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was being filled or filling with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among those with unclean lips. Angel of the Lord goes over with tongs and takes a, a hot coal off the altar, lays it on Isaiah's lips, and said, you're clean now. You're clean. He saw the Lord. <laughs> he saw the Lord. He saw the almighty God. He saw the throne room. He saw the glory. He heard the angels. He felt the, the, the vibration of the voice of the angels as they cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. When you hear the voice of God, when you feel the presence of the Spirit of God, you will, like Isaiah, say these words. Verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Lord, send that pretty boy there on the front of that church there. You know why the good-looking young man He'd have never found the lady that he found if he'd have looked like Larry Myers. No, Isaiah didn't say that. Once you see God, once you see this message in the spirit, once you understand what I'm talking about today, you too will cry out, here am I, Lord, send me, send me, send me. I continue to preach on the message of purpose. Seeing the needs. You can never meet a need unless you see that need. I got a call. I talked two days ago with our people in Atoyak. Little girl by the name of Chawi. Her husband is Julio. They have three beautiful children. But when I knew them, they were not married. Julio walked up to me. I, 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 I asked a, 
a, a honky-tonk owner, if I could use his honky-tonk for a little revival, I'm brand new in Atoyak. Someone said, why did he come here? Many cities throughout Mexico, Guadalajara, Monterrey, Mexico, a city, there many beautiful places. But why did he come to Atoyak? And someone else answered, because we needed him more. We needed him most. I remember testifying in those early days. In that revival that we had in that honky-tonk, by the way, they closed it down to their regular business and turned it over to me for an entire week free of charge. Who will go for me, for us? Send me, Lord, here I am. In one of the nights of that crusade, Julio Maya, young single boy, walked up to me. And he looked at me and he said, thank you for bringing us God. Thank you for bringing us God. Last Sunday, this is 30 years later, last Sunday, he preached in the church in Atoyak. <laughs> Who will go? Who will dare see the need to go? Like Isaiah, hear my Lord, send me. Now, his wife, Chowie, was a different case. She loved life to the fullest. And she loved celebrating life. You have to understand, I won't, I won't even name the, the religion that occupied much of Mexico. I won't even use it. But you have to understand, there were a whole lot like the Cajuns, eat, drink, and be merry. Because tomorrow you might die. So I'm trying to testify to her and win her over to God. And I said to Chowie, Chowie, do you even know what the Trinity is? Why, sure. Mary and Joseph and the kid. So help me God, Mary and Joseph and the kid. Now she's on fire, soul-winning machine for the kingdom of God. But unless you see the need, you're never going to respond to the need. I go back to the two men that Jesus himself speaks of in the parables in the book of Luke. One man, super wealthy. Bible says he had great land, great land, whether he bought it, whether he inherited it doesn't make any difference with the story, but he was a wealthy man. His harvests was so big. This is what he said. I have no place to put my harvest, my crops, and my goods. Man, you're walking on terrible ground when you begin to look at what little bit you have and you claim that they're yours, that you earned them, that you made them, that they belong to you. Cuidado. In Espanol, be careful. He said, this is what I will do. I 
so much of this eye business. I will tear my barns down. I will build bigger barns. I will say to my soul, soul, you've got it made. You've got enough to last you through retirement. You don't need Medicaid or Medicare or Social Security. Big boy, you made it all on your own. But he never gave thanks to the God that made the earth. He never gave thanks to God for the sun that God caused the seeds to come up. He never gave thanks to God for the rain that watered it. It was all me, mine, and my own. Dangerous place to be. But he never saw the need of anybody else. Never. I know of no place that he shared any of his wealth with anybody. Very selfish man. I would ask you to raise your hand if you were that rich man. I doubt you'd have the nerve to do it anyway. And after I say what I'm going to say, I know you wouldn't. Because God looked down out of heaven and said, you fool, you fool. I call him a stupid fool. I call him a stupid, stupid, stupid. I call him like my little nephew 100 years ago. It seemed like he said, Papa, that man is stupid. Well, he was a stupid fool to say that he had done all of this. God said, tonight, this night, all that you have, your soul will be required of you. Then what's going to happen to all of your wealth? All of that, who's going to get it? Wouldn't it have been better, as your pastor said, find a poor family. Open your wallet out. Give that gift to somebody who can't buy anything on their own. Share a little bit. Share a little of your your wealth. Share a little bit of what you have. Give some of it away. And when you do, God will open the windows of heaven and replace that many times over. But if you can't see the need... Drive through the poorest part of Texarkana. If you can't see the need, you will never open your heart to help. God, help me to see the need. And another one he said, Bible said, he was a very rich man. Fared sumptuously every day. Every day he enjoyed his favorite meal. I told you what my favorite meal was in the first service. I won't tell you about my, my favorite meal. I'll tell you about Mary Lou's. She's been around Linnell so long, she even thinks like an Italian does. Lasagna, spaghetti, that red sauce. But here's a man that has choice of whatever he wanted. He sat by his beautiful table on his patio. He had his servants come, wait on him with hand and foot. Sir, what do you want? Is there anything you want? Would you like to have some ice cream? It hadn't been invented yet, but we'll try to even invent that for you. Everything that you want, we're here to serve you. Wealthy person. I guess that would be all right to be in a place like that, except I wouldn't trade places with him at all. 
because out there at a gate just a little ways from his porch was a very poor man full of sores. And every day they would lay him there. Every day the dogs would come and lick the sores. And every day that man would look at the rich man's porch and crave, crave not any food off of his plate, but if I only had the crumbs that fell to the ground. If you can't see the vision, you're never going to help it. I don't care how close you are to it. If you can't see the need of the other person, if you're so wrapped up in your desires and of your things that you want in life, things that you have, your closets, your freezers, your refrigerators, your cars, your things, if you're so wrapped up in you, you're never going to see the need of the person that's hurting and in need. You understand it? Tell, I will tell you a little story. Years ago, I built a church four hours south of Acapulco, Costa Chica. For you men and women of color, you'll appreciate this because every one of those people that lived in that entire area were of color. Everyone. The ships had wrecked in the slave days, and they had been able to make it to shore, and now they have grown to where they have a number of villages and towns. And so I'm there. I'm there in one of those villages, Huajiniquilapa, in case you want to know the name of it. And I built a beautiful church. I came down off the roof. And I was going to get the people together, lay hands on the building, and pray, give it back to God. I noticed uh, a young lady that was being carried by two men, one on each side of her. Her legs were not straight down. They were doubled up under her body. It was hot in Costa Chica. It's always hot in Costa Chica. So when you get ready to die and you don't know the Lord, I hope he sends you to Costa Chica for a little while, give you a chance to repent. They set her down in that hot, blistering sand. She sat there until I calmed down off that roof, and then she asked me, they, they asked me to pray for her, and I prayed for her. She said one thing. She said, when you get home, the next time you come, would you bring me a wheelchair? That's all. All that she asked for. She didn't ask for my pickup truck. That's all she asked for. Little did I know or she knew at that exact moment, I had a shipment of medical supplies from Florida being delivered at my home with three wheelchairs on it when I got home. God was answering her prayer even before she was speaking it. And so two months later, I drive back down to about a three-day drive from my home with her wheelchair. I drive up to the pastor's house, almost dark. 
And I said, Pastor, take me to where this young lady lives. I've got a wheelchair. So we drive over to another little village, go in. She's there. We pick her up. We set her in that wheelchair. Once again, I laid hands on her and prayed for her. And then we go back. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I am dirty. And I don't want one more thing to do until that problem is all taken care of. So I drive back over to the pastor's house. Stop. My windows are rolled up. My air conditioner's on. It's hot outside. Little guy was standing on the side of my pickup truck banging on my window. I rolled it down. He said, we have a sick lady right down the street down there. Would you go and pray for her? As I stand before you, I said that night, no. 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 I'm tired. I've kept my word. I drove for three days. I'm dirty. I'm hungry. I will not go pray until I've eaten, until I've slept, until I've washed my body. But what you see is the shell of what you don't see on the inside. On the inside, my spirit was saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. We drove that few little short distance, stopped the pickup, Walked down a really dry arroyo up the other side, little cabin, little wooden cabin, one room, no electricity. Alfred Hitchcock could have filmed the movie there. They led me to the back of the cabin. I walked inside, and I saw a pathetic situation. Until you see the need, you're never going to respond to it. I don't care who you are, unless your heart is touched by the need you're looking at. And so they pulled up a little stool by the side of a bed where the oldest, skinniest, feeblest person I'd ever seen in my life was lying there. A candle flickering on the sides of the walls of that little one-room shack. I sat down by the stool, on a stool by the side of the bed. I reached over and took that dying woman's hand in my hand. If you've ever held the hand of someone dying, it's not a wonderful thing to feel. Nothing but bone with a little skin. I'm still tired. I'm still hungry. I still smell bad. And I said to her, what's wrong? She said, I've been sick for a long time. The last three months, I've been vomiting blood. I paid, paid three witch doctors to cure me, and I've only grown worse. Now, I looked at that lady, and I saw the need. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, there will be another day 
for you to bathe. There will be another day for you to eat. There will be another day for you to sleep. But this lady doesn't have one more day. That Beretta shotgun that you sold on, you look at that, you don't want that anymore. That new pickup that you want, you look down at that lady, you don't want that anymore. The only thing that you want is for that lady, that lady, that lady to be touched by the hand of God. And I prayed for her, prayed for God, heal her. No flashing lights, no sound from heaven, I have heard your voice. Nothing. I left that place. I got in my truck. I drove to a motel. I took a bath. I ate. I went to sleep. Two months later, I'm back down in that same area to interview students for our Bible college in Nantuyak. I go to the pastor's house to talk to him about students. Is my watch broke or is... Amen. I love you, sister. You're my favorite in all the church. And so I go to the pastor's house. He said, we have breakfast prepared for you. Remember, the church wants to has fixed breakfast. I said, I don't want to eat. I, I don't eat breakfast. I didn't eat breakfast at the, at the beautiful motel that was in last night. I said, bring me just some French toast and some coffee. That's it. I'm not a breakfast person. And I wasn't a breakfast person that day. We sat at a table in the backyard, benches built along, all home built, no Lowe's, no Home Depot. I'm sitting there the entire time, the entire time, there was a lady standing with arms folded at the corner of that little house. Never stopped looking at me. Pastor said, do you know who that is? I said, no. I don't. I don't know who she is. She's the lady that you prayed for two months ago. God, God healed her. Men standing along the fence in the backyard. He said, you see that one? That's her husband. God saved him. That's her son. That's her son. She said, he said, I baptized seven of the family. All because somebody saw the need and was willing to do something about it. I would rather see the need than to have the wealth of the man who fared sumptuously every day but couldn't see the needs of others. I was in Atoyac on the west side of Mexico. My wife was with me. We were there. Member of the church came. I'd been there 21 years, small town. But a member of the church came to me and said, I would like to take you to see a young lady. I'd already seen every young lady a hundred times in the small town. So he takes me over, takes me inside a house, and the most pitiful sight I've ever seen in my life was sitting in a chair. Your wife looks a lot better than that, lady. 
I mean, man, your lady looks a lot better than that. She was so horribly mutilated. She had both hands over her face like this. So I couldn't see her, her countenance. The guy that was with me was a big guy. He reached down and with all of his might, he pulled her hand, her hands away from her face so I could take a picture and take it to Lafayette to Dr. Russell Romero, who operated on Nabor in Chinelo. And I said, Doctor, can you do anything about this? You see, when she was one year old, no, I mean, when she was born, before she was a year old, born, she was born in that horrible condition. So horrible, her mother, that day when she was one day old, took her and laid her on the front porch of a relative's home, didn't want her, rejected. How many people are like that in our world that are rejected, hurting, hurting, and in need? Mary Lou held that lady. We didn't have all the operating equipment that we have now. We didn't have surgical rooms. We didn't have operating tables. We didn't have surgical lights. We didn't have anesthesia. Mary Lou leaned over that little girl, 21 years of age, held her body down while they gave her the local in her arm to deaden and to numb her. Think about that. That's your child, your little girl, your little boy. That's Bethany. That's Rebecca. Pitiful. Pitiful. But I saw the need. I saw the need. Now she walks the streets of Atoyak, thinking she's Miss Mexico. Oh, God. But you can't see the result until you see the need. And so I'm going to close today in just about 45 more minutes. When you see the need, Moses' sister and his brother said to Moses, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? We don't agree with your, your, your new wife. We just don't. She's an Ethiopian. And so we don't believe you should have married her. And that angered the heart of God. And God struck the girl, Miriam, Moses' sister, with leprosy. And in place of stepping back and, be a, and saying, you got what was coming to you. On his knees he fell. He saw the needs. He went before God and said, God, please, please forgive her. Please heal her. God touched her and healed her. Now I go back to the original reason I'm preaching this message. Our nation needs healing. Our world needs healing. You know what's happening over in the Middle East. You know what's happening when they cut the heads off and film it. You know what's happening when they put a man in a, in a, in a cage and set him on fire. You know that. You see that on your television. <clears throat> but maybe what you don't know, our nation is going down, down, down. I will read you in closing this scripture right here. 
where God said to John, write to the seven churches. And to the church of Laodicea, he said, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says, this is God saying this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I remember when our nation loved God. We were hot to serve God. Now you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spew thee out of my mouth. I want you to pay very close attention to verse 17. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. You do not know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and naked. Stand with me. We need a spiritual awakening in our land from the President of the United States of America down through every senator, every congressman, every representative, every mayor, every chief of police, every councilman. We need to wake up and turn back to God not to rest and rely on what you have, your stuff, the things that you've accumulated, not to relax, to think that's going to carry you through. Nothing but the grace and the mercy of our God will carry us through. And if you don't need it, God help us if you can't look at your little child and realize that if you don't turn to God and seek His face, what will happen to those precious little kids that you call your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren? Pastor, will you come? I pray to God that this will stir your heart. We will realize, God, show me the vision. Let me see. Let me see, Lord. That's all I ask. Lord, just let me see. I'm asking God in behalf of all of your people. Lord, open their eyes and let them see the need, and we will respond. If there's a word I would say after this, it's go and do likewise. I don't bring him every year just because he's my friend and because he's a spiritual father. I bring him because he's a good example for me to follow. But I think he's a good example for all of us. And the needs that you may see may be a little different than the needs he see, sees among some of the poorest in Mexico. But I suggest to you those same needs are here. If you're a high school student, there may be a student that's in your school that dresses in black and sits by themselves and no one has anything to do with them. They're in great need of Jesus. I suggest that you next time you're in Walmart, there's a single mom that's there and she's trying to decide between being able to afford a can of spaghetti sauce for the pasta and milk for the cereal. I suggest she needs the arms of God extended to her. 
It's not just the down and out that need the church. It's not just those that are under the bridge, but it's the up and outers. I imagine the lady will step out of a Mercedes today or out of a BMW, and she'll look great on the outside, but inside her life is falling apart. Inside her life is falling apart. I, I imagine today that in a restaurant you're in that perhaps you may see the face of a child, and that child is afraid because he doesn't know if mommy or daddy are going to be together at Christmas because he hears them arguing and fighting. How many know the people of God are the answer to this great world? The answers that this great world needs won't come from Washington, D.C. They won't come from the capital of Austin. They won't come from Little Rock. How many know they come from the church house? They come when you and I, as the people of God, get a fresh sense of our call and our purpose in life, that it's not just to accumulate more and have more, but it's to be God's hands extended in the earth and to use what God's given us to be a blessing. Could we just lift our hands to heaven now and just say, Lord, like Isaiah, I want to ask you to give me eyes to see. I want you to begin to pray right now. See, in the book of Revelation says, give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. Well, we want to ask for not only the ears, but we want the eyes to be able to see. I want you to pray that right now. And I'm going to ask Pastor Larry if he'll just pray over us, that God will give us eyes to see people that are in great need around us and that we would pause and do something about it. My Father, we stand in the presence of the same one that Isaiah stood in when he heard the seraphim singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. I know we have good people in this congregation, but I know that we can become so wrapped up in the things that we have that we do not see those who have no things. I pray, God, in these Christmas holidays, you will open our heart, open our eyes, and let us see. Then judge us, Father, afterward by the reaction of what we see. First, God, show us the need. Show us the need. Show us the need. Trust me, Father, that I will meet the need once you show it to me. Father, open our eyes and open our heart. And may the mantle of heaven always rest over these precious people. I pray in the name of Jesus, my Lord. Amen. 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 Give Brother Larry a big hand today. Thank you for coming and being with us. Come on, give him a big hand. We just want to say we love you. We're proud of you. We bless you. And uh, you're our brother, our friend, and a father to many of us. We love you. And we're going to close with one last song. Our prayer team will be around the front if you need prayer for anything. But I want to encourage you as you go. We have a, a habit here at our church is that we bless those that open the Word of God, those that bring the gospel to us. And uh, if you'd like to give a special offering, a Christmas offering to the Myers and say thank you for what you've done for us and what you're doing for people, I'll leave my Bible up here. You can leave it here. Ushers at the back or use a debit machine and just write Brother Larry on it. But we love you very much. Sing us a closing song, and our prayer team will be here at the altar. And if you need prayer for anything, you slip up here. In our night of worship, on stories of love.
prayer team is going to remain around front. They'll be happy to pray with you for whatever you have going on in your life this morning. But if not, hey, feel free to be dismissed. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm